from the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Colossians. Brethren, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, a heart of mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against one another. Even as the Lord has forgiven you, so also do you forgive. But above all these things have charity, which is the bond of perfection. And may the peace of Christ reign in your hearts unto that peace indeed you are called in one body. Show yourselves thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you abundantly. In all wisdom, teach and admonish one another by psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing in your hearts to God by his grace. Whatever you do in word or in work, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. From the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus spoke this parable to the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the blades sprang up and brought forth fruit, then the weeds appeared as well. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. And the servants said to him, Wilt thou have us go and gather them up? No, he said, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will say to the reapers, Gather up the weeds first and bind them in in bundles to burn, but gather the wheat into my barn. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. If you were looking in your missal of where we are today, we are on the resumed fifth Sunday after Epiphany. Um, so uh, just in a similar manner as the Novus Ordo before Lent goes from the fifth Sunday of ordinary time to seemingly unexplainably the tenth Sunday of ordinary time after Easter and Pentecost. So also we take the dates that were not used uh, during, uh, during the season of Epiphany Tide, and we use them at the end of the year to be able to fill in the gaps between the 33rd and the 34th, uh, 23rd and 24th, I believe, Sundays after Pentecost. The tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Marjorie and Laville. This Sunday, after the 11 o'clock Mass, Father Hill, we will honor Father Hill on his retirement at a reception at the Activity Center at Sacred Heart Parish. So immediately after the 11, everybody hopefully will uh, proceed over there. After this Mass, if you all want to play in the yard and then proceed over there, you're certainly welcome to, to be able to join us uh, in extending our appreciation and our well wishes to Father Hill. The monthly pro-life Mass is this Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. A rosary will be led by the KCs at 5 p.m. before the Mass. Next Saturday, after the 8 a.m. Mass, I'll be offering a talk in the cafeteria entitled Indulgences Outdated, and all are invited to attend. 
this is a, a topic timely for the month of November with the many indulgences that can be gained for the faithful departed. And the talk will include the history of indulgences as well as why they are, in fact, still important today. I invite you to mark your calendars for the week following that as well on Saturday morning, uh, November the 20th. We're having our second parish workday from 9 a.m. until noon. We'll be doing primarily outdoor tasks. Uh, we have a few indoors, but primarily we'll be outdoors that day, hopefully enjoying some nice, cool weather. And lastly, the Diocese Office of Vocations is offering uh, a one-day retreat for high school girls on Saturday, December the 11th. Uh, for more information, we invite you to see the bulletin or the flyer in the vestibule, a wonderful retreat opportunity um, to be able to visit with some religious sisters uh, that serve here in our diocese. Uh, I'll be there as well, uh, offering, offering the Mass that day. Uh, so it'll be a wonderful day for any of the ladies in high school who are discerning religious life or open to discerning religious life would encourage you to attend. This Holy Mass is being offered for Thomas Atkinson Barfield. In our gospel today, we hear, we just heard, the parable of the kingdom of heaven that our Lord gives, which is, in short, uh, a recognition of the fact of the life of our church, that there are God who has come to sow the good seed. There are many holy souls who are predestined for eternal glory, whom the Lord knows and is continuing to pour out his grace, knowing that good and well, upon the moment of their death, they will hasten quickly to the joy of the kingdom and to their reward. They are the good fruits that will be gathered into the barn of our Savior. To this also, we are given somewhat scandalously, as the servants themselves indicate, the fact of the weeds who are present as well. It would be convenient for us and it would be nice if everyone in the church was the wheat that was the one that produced good fruit, holy fruits, that had been placed there by the Lord and intentionally were going to be brought into the heavenly kingdom. But that is not the case. The evil one comes and sometimes brings people into the body of Christ as a manner of corrupting the body of Christ, or at least attempting to do so. There are even those who are within the church who begin good, but are corrupted by the evil one and essentially an, an unfortunate miracle takes place where wheat are converted into weeds, and they bear no fruit worth saving. This is the church, the scandal of both being side by side. And it's not as if this is something new in the church. It's not as if our Lord had set it up perfectly, and then unfortunately things just kind of went awry. Our Lord, from the first, called twelve, knowing good and well that one of them would betray him. The others would be scattered, as they were very fickle of heart in that first age, and that many other Judases would arise in the church in the centuries that would follow. It's important to remember this, because from time to time when a scandal happens in the church, or when we recognize that one that we thought was wheat turns out to be weeds, or that there are weeds all among us, even in our midst, it can be a source sometimes of discouragement to wonder if the Lord is really working here, if it's worth sticking around here, if it's worth finding a better place where there might be more wheat and less weeds around. It can be something that the evil one uses frequently to separate us from Christ and his church. Sometimes we allow perfection and the call to perfection 
to dissuade us from even entering in the body of Christ because it itself does not seem perfect in its members. This is important for us to reflect upon this and to see the three lessons that our Lord offers to teach us. Again, first, there are some in the church who will not be saved. This is not in line with our current cultural belief. The current cultural belief is that no matter who you are, as long as you're not Hitler or his comparable, when you die, you go to heaven and enter into your reward, which is whatever you think it is in this earthly life writ large. The general thought of our culture is that death equals heaven, that they are the same, that the door necessarily leads to one from one to the other. But this is false. Our Lord clearly shows us that not simply in the world as a whole, but even in his body, even in the church, there are some who will not be saved. There are some who may have the name Christian in some capacity that will not be known by our Savior on the day of their judgment. Again, this is not to be a source of scandal, but it's to acknowledge that our Lord has understood these things and permitted them in his wisdom, which is beyond ours, for some particular purpose. Not to be scandalized by the weakness of Christians, Catholics, and the church. The second lesson our Lord offers to us to learn is not to judge things too quickly. It can often happen that when one is in their youth, one does foolish things. I'm reminded often of the Liturgy of the Hours, in which one of the prayer, one of the psalm prayers at the end of the psalm says, Lord, remember not the, the foolishness and stupidity of our youth. The Liturgy of the Hours is very simple and straightforward in that part, if not in the rest. It's the simple fact that many in the life of, of the church, many who have experienced and grown to adulthood, look back upon their youth and just go, Lord, I'm sorry for that. I count myself among the number. But it's the fact that our Lord often allows us to experience the foolishness of our youth, but he has something greater in store for us to which he is leading us. And if we, pluck up, if we pluck up the weeds too quickly, we sometimes do not give time for the wheat to prove itself, for the wheat to be able to produce, to produce the fruit which Christ himself has already ordained that it is to produce. Not to judge things too hastily, not to be able to set one aside because they don't seem to fit things right, but rather to be able to exercise all the virtues that St. Paul tells us to put on ourselves, to clothe ourselves in patience and in kindness, to clothe ourselves in mercy, and to bear with one another. Ah, the wonderful phrase, bear with one another. It's a reminder to us that St. Paul is telling us that it will not always be roses, that not everyone in the body of Christ is someone that we will get along with and we want to spend time with and compelled to spend and to just sit down and enjoy their company. There are some that we simply have to bear with them, to endure them in some way, to endure one's weakness, to endure one's faults, to endure one's sinfulness, as one is walking closer and closer to the heart of Christ. In short, we are to do in all things charity, to love our neighbor, 
Even if it is a difficult task, it is this that Christ invites us to do. So that in the incident, if we were to too hastily again seek to pluck up the weeds, we would take the wheat as well. Those that Christ desires for his kingdom and to use their life and even their past to be able to sign of his glory, a sign of his power, much like many of the saints of the church, St. Augustine being one of the most notable, that of these the Lord shines radiant, that weeds, as they may seem at the first, truly are in fact glorious and immensely fruitful wheat. So it is for us sometimes to be patient with our brothers and sisters around us, or even at times with ourselves, when we do not measure up to things as they ought to be in our own mind. A third lesson our Lord offers to us is that mercy is available until the time of the harvest. And this is an important thing for us as well. That in the course of this life, there is never, because it, again, at times, uh, it is usually not the others who condemn us uh, to a lack of mercy. It is we ourselves who despair whenever we see the weight of our sins. And we see sometimes uh, that it may not be, again, increasing in virtue as we would desire. And it can be a source of discouragement for us. Not to turn away from our Lord or those who have been away from our Lord, that there is never a point where it seems as if there's no more hope, there's no chance to be able to repent of sin. If one has a single breath in one's body and a single beat in one's heart, there is hope and there is mercy awaiting. A person who grievously sins, who turns away from our Lord, who never knew our Lord from the first, has immense hope until the day when they are severed by the, by, by the sword, essentially, to be able to be divided, whether weeds or wheat, whether set for the fire or for the barn, is to hold out hope in this parable and to pray for those who have not known Christ, who have known him, who have fallen away, to pray that they might be able to come close to his mercy and be reunited once more with the body of Christ and drawn into his grace to manifest themselves truly as Christ had desired them from the first, to be wheat, not weeds. These three lessons are the invitation for us today to pray for the church, to pray for the church as a whole body. Oftentimes we pray for the hierarchy of the church as they are the, the shepherds of the church who have great authority and great responsibility placed upon their shoulders, but it is for us to pray for every last one in the church even those who are not yet numbered among her members. To pray for mercy for those who are in need. To pray for patience with those that we need to have patience. To pray for that continued renewal of our own hearts, that we might seek after Christ above all things. It is for us to follow after our Lord today. To seek not to be, con- not to be consumed with judgment upon what happens to be around us or even within us but rather simply to look to Christ, to trust that he is the best judge of all of these things, to seek to follow him, and by your prayers and by your works and mortifications, to lead others along with you, whether you are aware of it or not, into the glory of the barn of Christ.